Welcome to the 1689 Evangelism Podcast, where we endeavor to replace pragmatism with biblical practice. My name is Stephan Albin. I'm the pastor of Strasburg Baptist Church in Strasburg, Missouri, and I'm joined by Dr. Thomas Johnston, who is the Senior Professor of Evangelism at Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary and the founder of Evangelism Unlimited. I'm glad you've all joined us, so let's dive right into today's episode. The 1689 London Baptist Confession, Chapter 26, Paragraph 14. Every church and all its members are obligated to pray continually for the good and prosperity of all churches of Christ in every place. They must also, at every opportunity within the limits of their stations and callings, exercise their gifts and graces to benefit every church. Also, when churches are raised up by the providence of God, insofar as they enjoy opportunity and favorable circumstances for it, they should have fellowship among themselves for their peace, growth in love, and mutual edification. All right, Dr. Johnston, um, if I plan this right, then this episode should drop sometime around the Southern Baptist Convention's annual meeting. And so I want to talk today about evangelism and the Southern Baptist Convention. And to start off with, I want to ask just kind of a, a baseline question about the idea of having a, a convention or a cooperative um, effort such as the convention represents, is that uh, a biblical concept? Is there biblical support for uh, cooperative missions and evangelism efforts? And if, if there is, uh, what should be the focus and end goal of such a mission or evangelism effort? Um, well, thank you, Stefan. It's a privilege to be with you. And, and I'm, I'm honored and blessed to discuss this with you. Um, and <clears throat> yes, I feel that there is a, a, an extreme importance in um, in um, the Southern uh, Southern Baptists uh, cooperating together in 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 mission on mission in the with the IMB in the cooperative program which supports our six seminaries. Um, these things are extremely important and extremely beneficial. And um, and so I thank you. I thank you for for um, bringing bringing up this very good question. That the question is: Is there biblical support for cooperative missions and evangelism? And yes, there is. We see through the Apostle Paul, even through the raising of funds for the famine-stricken churches in Judea, that he um, that he worked with multiple local churches he planted to raise these funds to bring them back to them. So we have this cooperation together in, in, in funding, as well as in funding his ministry, where multiple churches were doing that. I have, I have seen and experienced and been involved in um, um, non-denominational type of work and multi-denominational type work. I've even been on in a Billy Graham committee at the, for the Twin Cities Crusade, uh, which was very odd when we heard, um, say, the Roman Catholic uh, guy from St. Cloud uh, give a give a presentation on this certain time. I mean, I'm just I'm just sharing with you. Yeah. There's 
to be parameters. And the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 is our parameter. It's our doctrinal basis. And we work, we cooperate together on that. It is a beautiful, um, um, it is a beautiful uh, paradigm. I've taught at a non-denominational school. I'm going to name it Oak Hills Christian College. I mentioned in another in another segment that I taught at, at uh, just a, a couple days at a Lutheran Brethren School in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. Oak Hills happens to be in Bemidji, Minnesota. It's very hard for me to to teach from a totally Baptist point of view, where once they're saved, the first follow up call is for baptism, and clear clearly to lay that out when. I'm in a non-Baptistic setting, and, uh, and it, it, it makes it very complicated. So the clear walls and parameters of the Baptist faith message around a school like Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary makes it very freeing to clearly communicate what I feel the, the Bible teaches about, say, baptism and, and, and evangelism without, without the, the constraints of having to be muted on issues of baptism or, or even ecclesiology one way or another. Um, it, it, so praise God, the cooperative, cooperative efforts that are undergirded by a common statement of faith, then, which then makes clarity uh, in terms of church evangelism, church planting. You know, what kind of communion are we going to do as a church? Are we going to do, are we going to do communion like they do in, in, uh, you know, uh, high church model, uh, you know, are we going to do transubstantiation? Are we going to do consubstantiation? No, we, we, we believe in communion as is communicated in a Baptist faith and message. So anyway, the, Bible, the, the, the clarity with that the Baptist faith message gives us for our, our, our cooperative efforts is a phenomenal gift of God. Mm. And by the way, all six of our seminaries uh, are believe in, in inerrancy. And and are are promoting the the pushing forth of the word of God into all the world, and that's why I feel Satan is so aggressively attacking the SBC in any way possible. Hmm. Yes, yeah, um, and there are a lot of things that we could we could bring up. There are a lot of conversations that are going on all the time about mm. the issues in the convention, and so, some of those are legitimate conversations that need to be had um, yes but but i think what's important and something that i want to do here with this podcast is just just step back and consider the model uh, that the spc brings to the table and, and um i don't know if people think that through some people talk on both sides of various issues some people talk about leaving the convention or or starting something new but I don't know how many people have actually thought, okay, is the model that we're utilizing here in the Southern Baptist Convention or is the model that, that other people are starting, is it biblical? Is, is, what, what would we want to see from a cooperative effort? And so I want to ask you, Dr. Johnson, if, if you were to um, start afresh today, start an, a new organization, um, what what kinds of things would you want to maintain from the model maybe that we see in the SBC? What kind of things would you want to do away with? What, what, what kind of things would you want to 
maybe add or have you um have you thought that through what would a cooperative what would your ideal cooperative uh program look like well thank you that's a great question the second that i the second that i speak out a an ideal <laughs> ideal model it suddenly becomes unideal sure <laughs> and it falls short from a human point of view the wonderful thing is that we as Southern Baptists can actually talk about this. Yeah. The fact is we don't have a, a top-down hierarchy. Yes. It's telling us what to do. We are allowed to talk about these things and flesh them out. And that's a beautiful, the beautiful model that we've been given is that we have, uh, we have the ability to think things through and even, and even leave if we want to leave or, yes. or adapt things. Now, the fact is, is that the, the, the co-op, the, the SBC model, in my estimation, stands on two, uh, on three legs. Let's just say three legs. One leg is the Baptist faith and message, two thousands. That's a doctrinal leg. The other leg is the missions or the out or the funding leg, which is the cooperative program giving. And then the third leg, which is actually the whole body, which is uh, basically all the churches, all the local churches. Mm-hmm. And the way it's put together is 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 extremely. Um, um, helpful in terms of, of uh, all the committees, all the, um, you know, the various conventions sending delegates and so forth. I, I cannot think of a better method that works in American, uh, contemporary American life. I can't think of a better method. Yeah. But now does that mean that everything the SBC does is, is right? And every, every dollar raised is, is used in a way that I would feel comfortable with? Well, the fact is, is that we as messengers get to voice our opinion on that. Yeah. And we have, we've had people write about the speak and discuss the, the ERLC, for example, and, mm-hmm. and, and discuss whether that's a valid uh, a use of funds or not. And, right. and that's worthy of discussion or, or, uh, or even, even, even we have uh, now we have kind of a humanitarian aid, mm-hmm. uh, a humanitarian side of the, our evangelism uh, coming from the North American Mission Board might be uh, might have a, quite a heavily uh, um, um, in, uh, sponsored humanitarian side. We have to watch out about drift. We have yeah. to watch out about doctrinal drift. We have to watch out about practical drift. But the thing is, is that we as messengers can discuss these things. It's a beautiful thing. So if there's if if we sense doctrinal drift. If we send sense missional drift, and and then we can we can speak to those things. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Satan is seeking to steal, kill, and destroy. Like that's all he does. That's all he knows how to do. He doesn't. He can't. He he can't. Uh, he can't build or create anything. All he does is destroy what God has created. And 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 I think he's trying to destroy us from within by creating uh, disagreements among the brothers. And it's always the same things: women in the ministry, um, you know, uh, um, social action, and, and, and evangelism versus social action. And I say the verses on purpose because that that's that's where the 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 crosshairs lie, and mm-hmm. and just and also um, also drift theologically uh, in one way or another, and there's t- tons of ways to drift theologically. So yeah, so all these things are kind of in a in a vestibule of 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 um, of, of, of vestibule of 
a cauldron of of uh, difficulty or stress within the SBC, and it's a good thing because we're about the gospel. And the closer we get to the gospel, the more attack and the more difficulties there's going to be, and the more Satan has got a bullseye on her back. Yes. And I think, I really do think that we are in the midst right now of an evangelism and evangelical revival. And we don't even know it, but it's happening right now. And the SBC is at the head of the spear of, of that. And so the SBC has to be taken down. And so it's happening in as many ways as possible. But I, I'm, I'm fully convinced that we're doing a, a, a phenomenal good evangelistically and and missionally i really am excited about what the lord is doing and especially academically uh what the sbc is doing right now i'm super excited so one thing you keyed in on there was um the autonomy like local church autonomy maintaining this uh biblical understanding of of who calls pastors how elders are able to lead their own congregations baptists understand that there shouldn't be a hierarchy. There shouldn't be an evangelical pope that sends down edicts and, and those sorts of things. No, there needs to be a local church that has appointed its own pastors, its own elders, leading to, to lead that local church. So one thing that the SBC does well in its model is that it facilitates local church autonomy, right? And it allows local churches to come. And it's not that... Uh, the people say on the platform or the president of the SBC or whoever is in charge of the local churches. It's the other way around. It's that the, the, the messengers of these churches are, um, are in charge of the, the convention and what the convention does. And, and, and that means that, yeah, there is going to be some debate that there is going to be a lot of debate on the convention floor um, but that's that's a feature of the convention, not a not a bug of the convention. Um, yes. We we go back on back and forth on issues, and we can then uh, we we then are able to confront things like you mentioned, yes. uh, female pastors, <clears throat> um, social issues that arise, uh, those sorts of things. When they when they rear their head, we can say, hey, that's not right, or hey, we're not addressing that properly uh, yes. and that works to allow our missionaries our evangelists church planners um seminary professors wh whoever that allows them to do their work while the messengers are ha hashing out these things uh <laughs> on the convention floor yeah i think i think you're exactly right stefan the the thing that the must might be the most aggravating thing, which is uh, sometimes debate on certain issues, is actually the most the most important thing, and it's the, the most blessing we have, and that is debate on certain issues. So we the fact of local church autonomy, which can be uh, which can be highly um, discouraging to someone who's trying to do um, cooperative work among among local churches, say in a church association, mm -hmm. um, because. Only maybe twenty or thirty percent do anything uh, together at any one time. Yeah. Um, that's that's while while it makes it hard, it's actually a blessing because it's local church autonomy, which is our strength, 
And so it so it's like a, it's like a checks and balances that we have, which is a beautiful thing because if we were top down um, in, in authority of in in the strict hierarchy, you just change one person's heart and the whole the whole movement changes. And we don't want that. We want we want it to be yes. bottom up. So we want the word of God to be sprinkling down on on each local uh, local body. And then that, that word is informing each local body who sends messengers to discuss things. And I was I have been so um, blessed by sitting at the Southern Baptist Convention and hearing the very heated discussion of items, but in a very godly manner. I've been so blessed to hear that, knowing that we discuss hard things, but we can discuss it in a in a, a logical and in a spirit-filled and humble way, um, and come to good decisions. Yes. I've been really, I've been really blessed by that. Yeah, and I think your point on um, the inerrancy of Scripture being being central yes. to the convention is is so important because when you get into a debate, that allows you to have a standard, right? So, so someone gets up and says. Right. I, I think my church can uh, appoint a female pastor. Well, we can open the Bible and say, uh, I don't think so. Right. Yes. Because we have a standard. We're not just basing it off of people's uh, feelings or desires. Right. It's it's yes. the Bible's at the center. And as long as we can maintain that, I think we have a, a fighting chance at, at, yes. at doing something good here. Um <clears throat> So that's why that's why when uh, pardon me for interrupting yeah. when, when 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 it says you know that the Bible is our infallible rule in faith and practice, mm -hmm. um, the, uh, the practice being the local church, uh, institution of the local church, but also the missions and evangelism of the local church, and so what I like in the sixteen eighty nine chapter one, paragraph nine, it says the infallible rule of interpretation of Scripture is Scripture itself. So the Bible is, is self-interpreting and is powerfully working in every local body where the Bible is being preached. And we expect that that's a common denominator in all our SBC churches is the Bible. Hmm. And so it is, isn't, it's an amazing keel that keeps the, the boat from, uh, from capsizing. Amen? Yes. And there's been some um, discussion centering around the Baptist faith and message 2000. Um, are you able to help us understand um, maybe some of the, some of the discussion that's been centering around whether or not a church needs to subscribe to the Baptist faith and message uh, in order to be in friendly cooperation? Because I'm, I'm a bit confused because I always thought the Baptist faith and message was kind of our, our standard to ensure that, you know, you have to be doctrinally in alignment on these sort certain issues, right, that are listed in in that document, in order to be in friendly cooperation with the convention. Is it is that is that right, or do you know? Um, yeah, yes. Um, thank you. That's a great question because it, the 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 title of this podcast is 1689. Right. Um, and that doesn't mean that neither you or I don't subscribe to the Baptist faith and message 2000. We do. Right. Uh, but the 1689 is also a helpful historic document that, 
provide some great clarity on a lot of issues that are maybe left either open or that are also clarified identically in the Baptist Faith Message 2000. Yes. So, so uh, the fact is, is part of our cooperation together is we must needs have have um, doctrinal uh, uh, boundaries yes. so that missionaries that we send know that they're sent to be to teach within the boundaries of the Baptist faith and message. Evangelists right. who support are, um, are uh, evangelized within the boundaries of the Baptist faith and message. Teachers okay. we pay for as professors of seminaries and, and, and the administration of seminaries must needs um, teach within the boundaries of the Baptist faith and message 2000. Right. Have the doctrinal boundaries and that's how we prevent we can prevent as best possible doctrinal drift yes because doctrinal drift is is a uh, is a constant problem much like it was in the book of judges and also the the yeah the book of judges where it, every generation has to deal with doctrinal drift hmm. and has to combat it and to fight against it and the Baptist having a cooperative the, the boundaries of a healthy uh, um, statement of faith like the Baptist faith the message provides that opportunity for actually even discussion on the floor of the SBC for example mm -hmm. we're discussing within the confines of a of a clear statement of faith oh it's very important yeah and you would think that it would be essential for cooperation, you you, you want to know what the if you're partnering with another church, you want to know that they're on the same page as you as far as what the gospel is, or or even if you're just working to plant a church, you want to you want to know are we planting this the same kind of do we have the same kind of church in mind? Is it a Baptistic church? You, you know, you don't want to get into a an Adoniram Judson situation where where you're going out to to plant a what was it congregational church, congregational church yeah. yeah and then he's convicted of uh, believers baptism and he said well, I, I can't i can't take your money to plant a church here because i'm gonna have to plant a baptist church based on my convictions yes and so yes. you you need that central document uh, well, in this case the baptist faith and message in order to define those that that cooperation yes and the the, the danger of of a of a drifting ecumenism and the mm -hmm. drifting ecumenical uh, nature why I um, I am so grateful to be a member of and a preacher and owner and pastor at a Southern Baptist church. My dad spent almost all his life uh, um, teaching and writing on on the dangers of the ecumenical movement. And it's a slippery slope. And we just have to be very wise as serpents, gentle as doves. And the clear parameters of the Baptist faith message uh, give us is very helpful. Yes. So, Dr. Johnson, for those who are um, preparing to gather for the uh, annual meeting this year, um, what would your advice to them be as far as uh, endeavoring to maintain the faithfulness and the, the, the mission focus of the Southern Baptist Convention? I, I think that those who gather will need to keep focusing on missions and evangelism. Uh, 
mm. as they have been doing and keep focusing on the spiritual nature of you must be born again on conversion and on regeneration. There's a lot of things that are good to do and there's a lot of things that are needful to do, but there's some things that only the church can do and that is to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to lost souls that they can hear, repent, and believe. And we need to keep our focus spiritual, spiritual in with the North American Mission Board, spiritual with the International Mission Board as much as possible. And I know there's a lot of hues and, and angles and approaches to that, but that we keep a spiritual nature of our calling because there's a lot of things that the, say, the welfare office can do and that Red Cross can do and that um, Food for the Hungry can do. But there's some things that only we can do as mm. church members, and that is to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with a lost and dying world. Mm. Yes. Amen to that. Well, thank you, Dr. Johnson, for your insight there. And we'll be praying for the convention and for all the messengers. Uh, appreciate you and, and uh, your wisdom. Thank you so much, Stefan. It's been a blessing to be with you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more information about 1689 Evangelism, you can go to 1689evangelism.com. If you'd like to find out more about the Resurgence Collective, you can go to theresurgence.site. It was a pleasure being here with you today. We'll see you again very soon.